Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. Before we get started, just want to let everyone know that I am running a survey just to get a better idea of who my listeners are. You don't always know as a podcaster who they are. So this is just a brief five-question anonymous survey. It takes about a minute to do, I promise. And if you could do that, the link is in the show notes in the episode description on your players on my website. I would appreciate it. Let's jump into this week's episode. Good morning. This is Dr. Liz, and I'm happy to be here today. It is a South Florida morning, and we started off with rain and big bursts of thunder. That's how I woke up this morning is like with South Florida thunder, which is different than Texas thunder where I grew up or Texas rain where I grew up. In Florida, you can actually drive in and out of rain. It's sort of crazy when people get here and they're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I can see the end of the rain and then drive right out of it. And it's like, yep, that's true. That's true. I always love that about the Florida rain, actually, as you can see the edge often and drive right out of it. But anyway, today it is definitely over my house and there's not a whole lot of edge going on unless I decide to get in my car today. So I thought I would talk about a book that is really, really helpful for emotional regulation today. I know the focus of this podcast is hypnosis, but it also has healing and transformation in the subtitle. So I really feel that this book helps people transform. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm a specialist in borderline personality disorder, working with people who have BPD or loved ones of people with BPD. And when you work with BPD, emotional regulation is of huge, huge focus. That is actually the goal of most BPD treatment, which the premier treatment for it is dialectical behavior therapy by Marsha Linehan developed that therapy. And it is all about emotional regulation. Like what do you do with intense feelings when they come upon you? So borderlines will often have very intense reactions and feelings and and when they enter into that state, which we call emotion mind in DBT, then often they'll do things that later they regret or things that cause pain and difficulty for their loved ones or in their own lives too. They'll lose relationships often, they'll lose friendships, employment, all kinds of you know awful stuff happens when you're an emotion mind. Now, most people can relate to this word, emotion mind. It's in, it is that state where you feel like your emotions have taken control of you and you're not quite sure what to do. Couples will go into this too. You know, I'm also a couple specialist. So couples will begin talking about something and perhaps they begin fighting about something and then their heart rates are going up. They're getting more agitated. They end up yelling at each other or someone ends up in tears. You're in emotion mind when you're in that state, when you're saying things that you know you don't really mean or that sound um, cruel or mean or punishing. That's emotion mind. Sometimes people describe this as spiraling. Like I just spiraled out of control and I was saying stuff I didn't even really mean. Like I really love this person, but somehow I was telling them that I hate them. That's emotion mind. So I have this huge workbook that I use when I work with someone around emotional regulation. It's not always a 
borderline, by the way. I have many people that come into me and they say, well, you know, sometimes I just lose it and I that doesn't feel good and it feels out of control. Or this happens often with addiction when someone is in recovery and they're trying to break free of addiction. They want to be able to regulate their feelings better because what they have been doing is regulating their feelings with drugs or alcohol. So emotional regulation becomes a big, huge piece of that. And if you're familiar with the 12 steps, as I am, then a lot of the 12 steps is about emotional regulation. It's about handing things over. It's about developing strategies to when you begin to go into a state where you feel like you're going to use or act out or lose control, you have strategies to use. And a huge one in recovery is calling a sponsor, right? Like having someone to call at any moment that's going to pick up or they have phone lists in recovery as well. If, in case you can't get a hold of your sponsor or someone you know, it's like, oh, here's 200 people you can call and you can keep going until someone picks up and they're happy to talk to you if they pick up because they're on that list and that's considered service for them and it helps keep them sober is the thought. So, you know, that's one of the main strategies in recovery. Prayer is another strategy when they say, like, turn it over, turn it over to your higher power. Prayer doesn't necessarily mean to the traditional Christian God. It just really means to whatever higher power that someone's chosen for themselves. My point here, though, is that there's all these strategies that develop to help someone regulate feelings, to help someone regulate emotions. And over time, that becomes easier and easier. So let's get to this book that I think is fantastic, and anyone can read this and apply the concepts and help themselves regulate emotions. It is called The Mindfulness Solution for Intense Emotions by Cedar R. Coons. So this book is just excellent about laying out how to manage your intense emotions. And I'm going to go over some of what she talks about so that you get a good overview of it. So first, she talks about using mindfulness to manage your emotions. Like, what is emotional dysregulation, right? What happens? How to reduce emotional intensity. How to identify when you're in emotion mind. So some of the checklists that she has in the book, I actually use in my practice quite a bit because they're so good. Like, how do you even identify when you're in emotion mind? How do you identify when your body is overwhelmed or when you're getting close? Because that's really the key is we want to identify when you're starting to move into emotion mind. Why? So that you can prevent it so that you can recognize it and say, whoa, wait a minute, this is where I'm going and I don't want to go there because generally not great decisions are made when I'm in emotion mind. And then she talks about wise mind, which is this concept that when I first heard about it, it made absolute intuitive sense to me, wise mind. But I know other people have really struggled with what is that? What is wise mind? They live so much in a state of fear or anxiety or so much in a state of dysregulation in their bodies or in their minds, sadness, depression, that they really have no concept of what wise mind is. And wise mind is when you combine this reasonable side of yourself and the emotional side of yourself. Wise mind lives right in the center of those two and combines them and says, okay, what's the best decision here considering all the factors? Not just logic, not just emotion, but both of those. 
So she does an excellent job of explaining that in this book. And she moves into how to observe things without emotion behind it. Now, this is a great concept, right? How about if I just state what's going on without putting judgment on it? So let me give you a concrete example of this. Let's say someone is zooming along the highway and cuts you off. Now, most of us make an immediate judgment of that person, which I don't want to say out loud because I want this episode to be marked clean instead of explicit, okay? (laughs) So we make an immediate judgment of that person. Perhaps we call them a name. Well, if we go into just observing what happened without calling them a name, which is judgment, then all we have is someone cut me off on the highway. And when we do that, it allows us to generate other possibilities that give us options about how to react. So if we immediately jump to calling them a name, then generally our heart rate is going and we are a little bit angry and perhaps that affects our own driving and safety. If we stop for a moment and say, well, actually maybe their grandma's in the hospital and they're trying to get there before she dies or something, or perhaps their wife's in labor, or perhaps they're having a really bad day and they're about to be fired if they don't get to work on time. It generates all these possibilities that have us lend compassion to that person and then keeps us in a state that's healthier for us, a more stable, safe state. So that's just an example of observing versus moving to judgment. Judgment often generates negative feelings in us. There is a place for it, of course. What we're trying to do when we say, let's just observe, is delay that judgment so that it feels healthier, more balanced. So she talks about that and how to describe, observe, how to then move into participating more in life. So that's a really important piece in this. How to act effectively, how to reach your goals. So often when someone moves into emotion mind, they sabotage their own goals. They sabotage themselves. They're thinking just of the emotional piece or what's being done to them as a victim, how they're being wronged. And that's not always effective for reaching your goals. It is a piece that's important that we acknowledge if someone is truly being wronged. But once we acknowledge it, what do we do with that information to still then reach our goals? And how do we not let that get in the way? So she goes into that in this book. And then she talks about letting go of suffering through acceptance. So a huge piece of dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, is radical acceptance. And this is a concept that my clients absolutely love. I've never presented this to anybody who was like, I hate this concept. Okay, (laughs) they absolutely love it. It's difficult for people to move into radical acceptance, but the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And radical acceptance is really about saying, okay, this is what happened. I can't change this. I can't go back and redo. I have to move forward. So she talks about different ways to be able to do that, to be able to move into acceptance so that your suffering is really taken off of that, so that you're able to move out of feeling like you want everything to be different. And believe me, I've been there in my own life. I lived in that place for many, many years before I really began to move into 
this concept of radical acceptance of accepting what's happened and now what do I do? So it's been an important concept in my own personal life as well. I totally get when someone is stuck in wanting to change the past. I totally get that. Wanting things to be different. Wishing they had done or said something different. Wishing they had, wishing my Texas accent is coming out. <laughs> right? Wishing, wishing they had done something else. Right? Wishing that. They had made different choices. They had gone somewhere else for a job or they had gone somewhere else for college or they had married somebody else or they had dated somebody else or, you know, a million different scenarios that it's easy to get caught up in if you want to go back and change the past or you live in the past. Wishing they hadn't ignored something, that often comes up for people. I really wish that I had decided not to ignore that, that I had decided to address it. Why did I ignore it for so long? That's a common thing that I hear. So when we're stuck in that place, we're not in radical acceptance of what is now, what we did do, taking responsibility for what we did, and then saying, okay, now what do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? How do I want to be? How do I want to feel? So all of these are really important and under our control, it's just a matter of learning some of these skills for them. So I highly recommend this book. The link to it will be in the show notes and in the description of the podcast episode on your players. Yeah, I have to share something about this book too here at the end. I had a client that bought this book and loved it. And so I said, okay, I'll read it. And I downloaded it on my Kindle. I absolutely loved it. And then I was cleaning out one of my bookshelves a couple weeks later. And I found that I had bought the book in print. Okay? <laughs> like, this is crazy. I had the actual book in front of me. I had bought it years before. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. I had bought it and never read it. This happens to me. Like, I... I want to buy a book, I want to read it, and then I just don't get to it because I generally read several books at once. So when I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, you read something when you're ready. That's how it's always been for me. Like perhaps I wasn't ready to read that book back when I bought it a couple years ago. And now it's able to resonate and I'm able to absorb the concepts very quickly, very easily. Perhaps I wasn't ready before. So I just want to share that with you, that that's definitely true in my life. And perhaps you'll be ready for this book. Perhaps you won't be right now. Either way is okay. The other thing that happens with me is that someone, some book will start to pop up in my life. Someone will recommend it and I'll say, okay, you know, occasionally I'll go immediately and get the book, but usually not because I am reading lots of books pretty much at any time in my life. Then someone else will recommend the book. That's number two. Well, if the book comes up to me a third time, then I know, oh my gosh, I have to get the book. This is a third time that someone has recommended this book to me. And usually that happens within like a couple of months. Like I've never heard of the book before. And then all of a sudden, three people, different people or different sources, unknown to each other, <laughs> recommend that book to me. So that's the other way that books often find themselves into my life. 
All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope this book helps somebody deal with intense emotions and helps them feel happier and content and more stable in their own life and gives them some tools about how to move towards that. Before I go, just a reminder here at the end of the episode, because a lot of people skip the beginning, that I am running a survey. It is a brief five-question survey just getting an idea of who my listeners are. So if you wouldn't mind doing that and answering it, I would be really, really appreciative. It is anonymous. So the link is in the description and in the show notes on my website. And again, would really appreciate it if you do that. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com I work all over the world doing hypnosis so if you're interested in working with me please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them finally if you liked today's episode please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend that way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis